0: The reading is Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks,
1: Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. So, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Today we're starting a new series on the Psalms, singing the Psalms. It's one of the longest books in the Bible. It's actually uh, made up of a a collection of about 150, almost short stories, um, put together just about, just a little bit before halfway uh, through. Uh, So which is your favourite? Because I'm sure if I asked you, every one of you would probably choose a different psalm or a different phrase within a psalm. These are songs, And if I asked you what your favourite song was this morning, again, you would probably all give me a completely different answer. I I can hear it now. Many people saying, I much prefer the old hymns, these modern songs. I know, I know. Sometimes that's true. Some of the modern songs are not great. Some of the old hymns are not great. And even if you are a lover of the old hymns, the Psalter trumps you. These are the Psalms. These are the songs which the people of God have been singing for thousands of years. Musical choice is always changing. But the Psalms has been the bedrock of worship to God throughout So, over the summer, we're going to look at individual psalms. Now, we're not starting, as you'll have noticed, at number one and working our way through to 150. That would take a long time. So, what I've tried to do is pick out individual psalms that give us something of a journey. A journey through faith, uh, but equally, hopefully, we will be able to explore the purpose of the psalms, why they were written, the emotions that they express and the character of God uh, that they're they're speaking of. Uh, And speaking is the key today. When did God last speak to you? I could wait for an answer, I suppose. That may be quite interesting. When did God last speak to you? Not often is probably the answer. Possibly, some of us would say, never. I've never really noticed God speak to me. But hopefully, by the time we've reached the end of this psalm, your answer will be completely different. The psalms are a collection of prayers. They're written in poetry form, and then they were put to music so that they could sing them and memorise them, just like we uh, memorised songs today. And as prayers, they are particularly honest. And several of them say, God, speak to me. Why, are, why can I not hear you? They have a reality and an urgency which I confess my prayers often lack. They're exuberant about the love of God. They shout And they're angry. They talk about mistreatment. They talk about misunderstanding. And there are cries of anguish. Not only for the individual person writing, but for the whole people of God. Crying out for that desire to walk hand in hand with God, their Father, the God of their nation. Our God as well. And I wonder when we lost the ability to cry out to God. To really be earnest, in anguish, almost in pain, because we want to hear the voice of God. It's a—I heard that great word visceral the other day in a film. It's that visceral urgency. There's something really earthy in this. We want to be real with God. Now, I said that the Psalms appear just before halfway. They're more or less halfway through the Old Testament. But that doesn't mean that they're a book cast in history and irrelevant to today. Because the Psalms are vital throughout the New Testament. Let me read something from uh, Tom Wright who uh, has written a book about finding the Psalms, because he thinks they are a lost, uh, a lost book. He says, The Psalms are enormously important in the New Testament. As a glance at any list of biblical quotations and allusions in the New Testament will reveal. Jesus himself quoted and referred to the Psalms in the manner of someone who had been accustomed to praying, and pondering them from his earliest days. Paul referred to several psalms and wove them in quite a sophisticated way into his remarkable theology. But behind those explicit references, there stands, I believe, an entire world in which Jewish people were singing and praying the psalms day by day, month by month, allowing them to mould their character to shape their worldview, to frame their reading of the rest of Scripture, and not least, to fuel and resource the active lives they were leading and the burning hopes that kept them trusting their God, the world's creator, even when everything seemed bleak and barren. This is particularly true of the Psalms. We cannot be quite sure which Jews studied which Scriptures in what way, but we are on safe ground in saying that they used the Psalms as their basic prayer book. That was the world in which Jesus grew up. So the Psalms are fundamental, both in our understanding of the Bible, our understanding of uh, of Jesus and how he uh, related to his uh, colleagues and the people of that time. And we're starting our series of Psalm 19. Um, Hopefully, next week we'll be able to take a Bible if we want it, but this week you can just use your phone. C.S. Lewis called it the greatest psalm in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. And we start here because it speaks of the revelation of God. It's written in three parts and then there's a conclusion So, part one, verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God. You can hear, I mean, this should be a shout. I know we're not allowed to behind our face coverings, but we should be shouting. All heaven declares the glory of God. It's that urgent. It's that important. And who among us has not woken up in the morning to a beautiful sunrise? A beautiful, clear sky. Maybe the sparkle of sun on the water, if we're on holiday. The sound of water lapping on the beach. The animals in the fields. The singing of the birds. The beauty of the mountains. The raging tempest and storm. Our son said a hurricane went through Boston last night. And instead of having one centimetre of of rain, they were forecast 18 centimetres in two hours. And that's the power and the glory of God going through. All heaven declares the glory of God. Perhaps we've seen a sunset. The sparkle of the stars. The swish of the grasses. The leaves that chatter on the trees. Throughout the day... Throughout the night, creation speaks of the glory of God without uttering a single word. That is the glory of God. One commentary I read very help- helpfully said, We don't need vicars, we don't need pastors, we don't need any minister of any type. Wherever you are in the world, God will speak to you simply through what you are looking at and what you are experiencing. Just like the sun rises in the morning and sets every evening, so the glory of God is made clear to every single person, every single day, wherever you are. Humans have tried to do their worst, haven't they, sometimes? Have you seen the pictures of the First World War and the trenches and it's just mud, revolting emptiness. No beauty, no trees, and yet out of that very ground sprang the poppies. We've spilt oil in our oceans, but they come back to life we have bush fires which char every single tree in the neighbourhood and within weeks new buds are coming out of those trees and out of the ground. God breathes life and he speaks through the silence to every one of us. And then the psalm takes a completely different shift of gear verses 7 to 11, if you're following. So just as the world speaks silently about God, then the, the, the word of God speaks openly of his character and his goodness. And there is a statement, these are lines of poetry, and there's a statement followed by a reaction, a result And we see, if I may just read them, we see how God's word revives, literally gives new birth. How it makes us wise. God's word rejoices our heart. It enlightens, it's enduring, it's desirable, it's righteous, it's true, it's treasured. Treasured more than gold and sweeter than honey. They were all the phrases that we used. Go back and look at them. And this sets up a comparison between the word of God and the pleasure of the world. And frankly, it comes to the end and says, there is no comparison whatsoever. The word of God reveals truth. And as humans, we consider gold to be one of the most precious things. If Whenever there's a calamity in the world, you see the price of gold go up because people are buying it. Safe haven. I need something to protect me. But gold corrupts. Gold is appealing to humans, so it's bound to be corruptible. The word of God is truth, and truth is incorruptible. The world's pleasure may bring a fleeting reward, perhaps even some recognition. But it fails to bring with it a warning that it's first of all temporary, it's only for a season, and that it can bring future pain. You follow the world's pleasure, and therein often lies uh, lie, shame, guilt, and that we've seen before. So says the psalmist. I want you to follow God's path and not, your, uh, and not my own. I want to see God's glory and not my own. I want you to point out to me the areas where I have gone wrong. And this is the third element, which becomes personal. Through weakness, through foolishness, through our own deliberate fault. Remember the prayer of confession earlier? Actually, it's through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have fallen short of the glory of God. And the psalmist prays for wisdom to see and discern the errors that perhaps even they cannot see for themselves. And the areas of life which have become choice, because this is a a progression of thought through this psalm and through what he he reflects or this author reflects at the at the end because it moves from a temptation through to actually thinking this is what I choose and when you choose you wish to fulfill it and when you fulfilled it you plan the action and then you take that action and when you take that action and you have pleasure in it, you do it again and then it becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, it becomes the focus of our life. When it becomes the focus of our life, it becomes to us the most important thing in our life, which is idolatry. That's where it all comes from, making it an idol. So you see, it's a very easy path. And the psalmist is saying, don't, don't let me fall into that path. But see the glory God, hear your word that I may follow your path and not mine because I want my life to be changed and the word of God is life changing so the psalmist comes to his conclusion which is where I started may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight O Lord my God and my rock and my redeemer that's his final conclusion The beauty of God, as we have illustrated for us this morning, don't we, in our communion service, is that he doesn't leave us in that life of shame, in that life of guilt or that life of embarrassment. But he wants to say, look around you. See the beauty of the world. See the love that I have for you. See all that I have given you. And even if that doesn't ring for you, see the love that I personally have for you because I've laid down my life so today this week will we hear the words of God spoken will we see the words of God spoken silently because every day his creation will endlessly and consistently speak of the love of God let's stop and listen to what he is saying to us and let us be changed people because we have met with him this coming week Heavenly Father we pray that so that our words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be pleasing in your sight that we may along with all those that we meet, proclaim all heaven declares
0: the glory of our Lord.